Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier. And this evening, I'd like to continue the discussion we were having last week when we were talking about accountability. You know, and the reason and the importance of having accountability. But towards the end of that conversation, we focused on accountability can only truly be had when there's integrity. So let's, let's talk about that. And in 1 Kings chapter 9, God gives a promise to Solomon, who has also taken over the throne of his father, King David, and built the Lord's house. So in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 1, it says this. The beginning of verse 1 says, Now it came about when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house, and all that Solomon desired to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time, as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. The Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication, which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house, which you have built by putting my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, If you will walk before me as your father David walked, in integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever, just as I promised to your father David, saying, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel." So he continues, the Lord does, and then gives him the, I'll say the warning of, if, of what would happen if he does not follow the Lord in his integrity, follow his commands, follow his instructions. So integrity, if we could start off, Webster's defines it as firm adherence to a code of especially moral or artistic values incorruptibility, an unimpaired condition, so soundness, and then the quality or state of being complete or undivided, a completeness or a wholeness, as it were. Now, it says about David, well, uh, it says this about David in the Psalms, in Psalm 78. Says this about the Lord and about David. Says, Then the Lord awoke as if from sleep, like a warrior overcome by wine. He drove his adversaries backward. He put them on them in everlasting reproach. He also rejected the tent of Joseph and did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth which he had founded forever. He also chose David his servant. And took him from the sheepfolds, from the care of the ewes with suckling lambs. He brought them, brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he, that is David, shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. So when we talk about what manner of person David was that the Lord was talking to Solomon about, Yes, David being 
Solomon's father, his earthly, his natural father. Scripture tells us plainly he was a man after God's own heart. And if we we look, his desire was to do the will of the Lord. He walked in such a close relationship with the Lord that the Lord honored him, that he cared for him, that respected him. He gave him that place. He, He came into covenant with him as a result. And he was now, the Lord, extending that promise, that covenant to Solomon, making him aware of it. Now, David didn't always get it right. He absolutely didn't didn't always get it right. If any of you are familiar with the story of King David, they're well aware of how Solomon came to be, and that was as a result of Bathsheba. You could argue one of David's great sins. Now, again, not, not holding that against him, but David, even in that, came to a place where he did hold himself accountable because of his integrity. There was a time where he resisted and rejected the counsel and insight from the Lord. But the Lord sent his servant, the prophet Nathan, to, well, you could, you could say confront him. But confrontation is a little, little harsh of a word. He did, he did hold him accountable as the Lord guided him to do it. And he gave it to him, the accountability, through a story that David, because of the integrity in his heart, was about doing the right thing, even though he had not. And he took the discipline from the Lord in stride. But if we also look at with David's life, when he made mistakes, yep, people died as a result. He held himself accountable before the Lord, as we were talking last week. But there are, integrity was such a a huge aspect of David's life. Having that integrity, walking in integrity, unwavering steadfastness to the Lord. No, not perfection. But the desire to to acknowledge, yep, I made a mistake here. And it's on me, it's not on anyone else. That is how David walked. Although he, as I said in Scripture says, was a man after God's own heart. His desire was to be pleasing to the Lord. He consulted the Lord in everything. And even on behalf of the life of his child and and others, he did not try to snatch for himself, try to steal or acquire for himself. He allowed the Lord to honor him and bless him. But integrity matters so much to David that he literally wrote a psalm about it. And like many of the psalms, there is a, an element of David's writing where he is bringing his, his concerns before the Lord. He's asking for the Lord's justice, but also saying, Lord, search me in this. And we can find that in Psalm 26. It says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Examine me, O Lord, and try me, 
and test my mind and my heart, for your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. I do not sit down with deceitful men, nor will I go with pretenders. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not stand with the wicked. I shall wash my hands in innocence, and I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and declare all your wonders. And he again continues, and he keeps saying all the things that he did not do and that he has done in this. But the integrity of his heart was to go, Lord, this is what you stand for. This, These actions reflect and resemble your nature, character, and attributes in my life. These are your commandments. These are your precepts, and I will walk by them. And if I don't walk by them or when I don't, then I... I will bring them before you because God is the righteous judge. And he even makes that statement in a few different scriptures. He said, who is my judge but God? God is the righteous judge. But he can acknowledge when he did not live up to what he should. How he should act with the Lord. And and also in, in Psalm 25 because it was when he says, I've walked in my integrity and I've trusted. Where did he receive this from? Right In Psalm 25, it says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. This is Psalm 25, verse that was verse 8. And verse 9 says, He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. All of the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. And again, he says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. David got his help from the Lord. He allowed the Lord through his Holy Spirit to lead him and to guide him in which way he should choose. Because the Lord will do that. He will absolutely do that for his people. Even if we don't know which choice to make or operating off of what's been reported, this is why we must Hold so tight to the Lord. In Genesis chapter 20, Abraham journeys uh, towards the Negev. And he settles between Kadesh and Shur, right? And then he sojourned in Gerar. And it says, Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, that she is my sister. So King Abimelech, the king of Gerar, sent and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream that night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman you have taken, for she is married. And in verse 4 it says, Now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a nation even though blameless? He Did he not himself say to me, She's my sister? And she herself said, He's my brother. In the integrity of my heart, in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. 
Then God said in the dream, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So you see, this is for an individual that did not necessarily know the Lord. But he operated off of the instruction and the, the guidance that he had received. And yes, he had his desires. But the Lord always provides this way of escape. We, this is why we have to hold fast to him. Even he gives it to us even before we move and operate. We, therefore, must choose to, to walk in his ways and how he is commanding us to have that integrity, to be unwavering. You know, in the military, they, they talk about various branches. They have these core values, things like honor, courage, and commitment. But if you read the, the write-ups and the descriptions of those core values, you will find that the word integrity is often used. Is that, again, the unwavering steadfastness, not, or I'll say, and the soundness, the clarity to just move forward uncompromisingly in what we inherently know what to do is right, what we have also been taught. And yes, it's the military, so it's, it is, I don't want to say not whole, not complete. Wholeness and completeness only comes from the Lord. What I'm referring to is walking in the Lord's ways, his statutes, commandments, exhibiting and demonstrating his nature, character, and attributes in our lives. And we see that throughout the entirety of Scripture. We see it even with Job. During trials and during testing, even when he didn't receive sound counsel from his wife, he still admonished her to come back to the Lord. He still said, I will not curse God and die, but I will worship him. All right, he did not sin, he did not blame God. And then, and this is in Job chapter 2, that Satan himself presents himself before the Lord. And the Lord says to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And, and this is key, and he still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to ruin him without cause. So, just to explain that part. The Lord allowed Satan to, I'll say, to test Job, to try Job for a purpose. He intended to bless Job, to give him double of everything. Not that the Lord inflicted these things upon him, but he still put boundaries on what the enemy, what Satan was allowed to do, which is why here he's trying to negotiate to actually touch Job, skin for skin, he says. 
But it says, in all the things that Job suffered, and if you read chapter 1, you find out that he suffered many things. It was great. And even after this, there is so much in there that Job suffers and has to go through and endure. And in that process, did he get everything right? No. Because you find out when he speaks with the Lord towards the end, the last four chapters, the Lord is asking him questions, but the Lord is also teaching him about himself. And Job keeps responding, I thought I knew, but now I know. And I'm paraphrasing that. I thought I knew you. I thought I understood you, but I've learned so much more now. And now I can walk in it. Now I can also add this and apply this to my life. That's also a part of having integrity, is being able to acknowledge or hold yourself accountable when you don't know something. But when you receive that information, now go, okay, I've got it, and I can begin to apply that to my life. That's how someone with integrity is to carry and conduct themselves. In spite of any and everything that they have to endure or go through, or situations and circumstances that they encounter. Horrific advice and, and the like. Trust the Lord. Walk in his ways fully. He will not let you down. None of us. But we have to walk holding fast, steadfast in him, being faithful to him in all our ways. Amen. Well, we're going to stop there for tonight. I want to thank you all for joining me and listening in on this show. And let's just follow the Lord. Thank you all for walking and choosing to live righteously and to do justice and to stand for those things, standing for the Lord. Thank you. I love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful evening. <laughs>